live at the parish. It's the Good Trash Genre Cast. And your host for the evening. He's always talking new releases. The one and only Caleb Masters. I guarantee she can beat up anybody in this room. Alexandra Bohannon. He is America's bad boy, Dalton Stewart. This is a very meta moment. Arthur Gordon. And he is the godfather of good trash, Dustin Sells. And welcome again to the Good Trash Genre Cast. Why? That's right. We are live. We are the show that brings you uh, films that will never, 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 (laughs) never find their way into a film studies course. No. Uh, No. Tonight's live film is Pokemon (laughs) the movie, colon, lots of other words. uh, Pokemon the first movie, colon. Mewtwo strikes back I, I for the qu- first time. So, I, have a, yeah, no, I have a question. He, did he ever strike a first time? No, this is the first time he has struck him. Lone Star, yeah, we meet again for the first time for the last time. It's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's going to be fun, guys. Okay, before we get any further, though, let's go ahead and do some introductions real quick so you know who our great and illustrious co-hosts are. Oh, let's go all the way at the end of the table, all the way in. Sir, who are you? Hi, my name is Caleb Masters, and uh, I uh, the lunch is going to be perfect, Dalton. Um, it's uh, it's a lazy boy chew stew. All right. I, I, okay, I don't you know said what that. that. Means. It makes me feel yeah. uncomfortable. You were paying attention. Got a line. Well done. Uh, moving on, ma'am. Who are you? My name's Alexandra Bohannon, and who's that Pokemon? Okay. Bo Thank Hannon you. Pokemon. It's e- it's Alex. <laughs> <laughs> very very good. Moving on down. Who are you, sir? My name is Dalton Stewart, and oh brother. My brother. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, to my right, sir. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> well done. That's Arthur Gordon uh, for you first-time listeners, perhaps. My name is Dustin Sells, and exposition, 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 exposition. That's what I have to say. That's not a quote, or is it? It kind of is. <laughs> That's all the movie was. So we are going to be talking about Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Uh, now, to warn you, dear listeners who are not here with us, uh, who are live and sort of know what we're about and what we do, uh, to warn you, this is not a review show. It's an analysis show, so there will be spoilers. And so we were going to have some of that go on uh, if, with If you this. care. If you oh, care. Oh, someone <laughs> playing the Pokemans right now. This is a Pokemon Go hangout event, and I hear the hanging out going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's Put. a thing. Oh, the, your children are gone, right, Dustin? Uh, oh, by the way, yes. Children have left the building. Put so that fucking phone away. <laughs> There'll be none of that. There'll be none of that. <laughs> Pay attention to me. <laughs> He's very needy. Someone's True. got a Mewtwo My girlfriend lives a thousand miles away. I need everyone's attention. <laughs> Always. I'm so sad. <laughs> All right. So let's just go ahead and get cracking right into analysis. We're going to do our review section at the end when we do our shelf and trash. Right? Is that what we agreed upon? That'll work. Okay. So uh, uh, sure. we'll, just, we'll just move down to my right and uh, just uh, do the reverse of what we just did. So, Arthur, uh, let's hear your analysis, sir. Well, I want to speak to this film. Uh, as the great uh, Team Rocket uh, Jesse said, that uh, 
Eat the mic, bro. I do what I want. Oh, okay. There it is. <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Mon over there can take the mic off the thing. He does what he, he wants. He does what he wants. He does what he wants. That's true. It's a rebel without a cause. Check. All right. Anyway. <laughs> As the great Team Rocket member Jesse said, this is some kind of Pokestein. And I want to speak to this movie as a modern reading of Frankenstein or... Uh, Colin, the modern Prometheus. <laughs> the modern Pokemetheus. <laughs> don't, uh, oh, don't steal my you, work Brett, here. Brett, 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 Brett. Have you guys caught Prometheus? He was a pretty tough one to catch, right? Shut up. Shut your mouth. What's <laughs> happening? The rock normal ghost fire. Fire. Definitely fire. fire. Definitely obviously. Fire. Thank yeah. you, Philip Chapman. Anyway. <laughs> can I, are you done? I'm, I'm, you, are, you, are you good? You can talk, yeah. Are you sure? Speaking words now. You, you can do what you... Uh, I'll share them. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm, I love you, and you know that. Thank it's you an abusive you. relationship that we have, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd call, go that far. It's mostly consensual, so I don't. He know keeps me in a cage. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> or that, a pokeball. It took a turn, didn't it? You thought it was going to be the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cage called the People's <laughs> History of Film. Um, I want to look at this uh, from the turn of millennium. If you go back to 1998 and what was going on in American cinema at the time, uh, we really started moving towards this existential type of cinema because white suburban America was bored. Uh, there was really nothing going on. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, we're between uh, Vietnam and the Gulf War. This is pre-9-11. Uh, it's the last time up until this point we have a, a surplus of money in this country. Uh, it's a really interesting time culturally speaking yeah and so this leads to films such as in 99 we get fight club office space the matrix all of these kind of uh, films dealing and wrestling with these questions of uh you know who am i what am i about and what am i you know doing here and so pokemon kind of picks up on that so i want to look at some of the social and cultural uh underlying tones that kind of influence this film both in america and in japan um and post-war japan uh we've already recorded next week's show and Caleb will speak to ty the uh, the kind of way that post-war Japan never got past uh, the, w the war and the bomb. Um, and I think that in many ways shaped their kind of own existential crisis as they were trying to figure out what they were about as well. And so you have these two cultures both kind of in a similar, at different ends of the sphere, but they're both asking those same questions about uh, what life is and who they are. Um, and this film, uh, it recalls Akira heavily. Uh, a lot of the scenes with Mewtwo when he breaks out and when he, he goes completely Tetsuo on on the uh, the scientists and the engineers and things like that. Tetsuo. Oh, he smooth does, yeah. And it, the minute that happened, I looked back at Alex and said, is this a children's movie? <laughs> I wasn't Justin sure. Justin was throwing shade at me <laughs> the entire film. I, a, little, a little bit. For those of you live with us tonight, um, next week uh, we're going to be dropping a discussion of, of the film Akira, which is about a psychic just running around wrecking shit. Um significantly less family friendly than this. Yeah, it's I the R-rated interesting version of this. The yes. much more interesting Emphasis version. Emphasis on the interesting. But probably less cute. In fact, it is, it is in fact uh, less cute. It's, it's less cute. Uh, the other thing I want to look at in 97 is the advancement in technology that is, is going on in both you know, here and abroad. Uh, because in 97, we have the first successful clone attempt with Dolly. And I think Alex is going to speak Matt. a little bit to cloning in a little bit. Um, but that is another thing to kind of set the stage for the story here. Um, and in Frankenstein, we have a story taking place at, at the uh, onset of the Industrial Revolution, so there's a lot of social anxiety about what's going on there with jobs and with uh, people and with uh, and companies and things like that. And so we have these kind of fears shaping these narratives. Um, both of our 
monsters, Mewtwo and the Frankenstein monster, are created by science to try and improve upon humanity. Uh, these scientists are playing God in many ways to create uh, life after death and to overcome death. And uh, in Pokemon, we see them trying to create the perfect Pokemon to help Giovanni essentially take over the world. Um, but by 99, we're not worried so much about the industrial revolution industrial revolution as we are industrial mechanization and the societal fears of people coming in and taking jobs uh, both here and afar now there are studies uh, that that doesn't ne necessarily correlate between robots coming in and unemployment but it was a societal fear and i remember hearing a lot about that growing up um so that's another thing we have to keep in mind uh, one of the other themes here is the uh the idea of equality brother my brother my brother my brother uh, and Meow's uh, soliloquy there at the end, his monologue, as he talks about how we are one and the same. Is, we breathe the same why air. Is, why is Meow from Brooklyn? Can anyone? <laughs> why? It's just a thing. I don't No, no, no. Meowth is Woody Allen. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> right now. Well, see. He's having you, sex with a 14-year-old girl it right now. It makes a lot more <laughs> sense. The, the, emotional, the emotional attachment he has to his own offspring Makes sense with that reading, so I, I get I get where you're at. Ew. I'm with hey. you. Don't you me? I'm not Woody Allen. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. Hey, hey Dalton, maybe if you watched the show, you'd actually understand the mythology. Uh, there's a show. There is. <laughs> I, d I don't owe. It's too busy riding motorcycles and kissing girls, <laughs> <laughs> hitting me with cigarette butts, just flicking <laughs> cigarettes at Caleb. That makes sense. It's true. It's, it's a pastime <laughs> it really at the studio. Um, but Frankenstein's monster is essentially a creature created out of human parts and by all definitions should be treated as a human, as an equal. Uh, but because of his appearance, he is set apart, much like Mewtwo here, who is not like the other Pokemon. And so he stands out and he doesn't understand his role in life because of this thing that has made him an other uh, within the narrative. And so in the 90s, we still have racism in America. We have the riots in the early 90s. Uh, we have all that type of stuff going on. And in Japan, we look at something called the, the Gaijin complex, uh, which is type of a either superiority or inferiority complex against outside cultures or societies coming in. Um, it's not necessarily a, maybe portrayed as racism, but it's just this way they react, I think, to outside. Type of nationalism? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, if I may, one of my uh, best friends, he and his wife lived in Japan for a few years. And uh, he, people would murmur at him on the train, Baka Gaijin, which means stupid foreigner, essentially. Well, I mean, it's accurate. It uh, yeah, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's, it's whenever yeah. you look very, very not Japanese and you're over there in their culture. I mean, people even that marry into uh, Japanese families still get profiled as gaijin over overseas it, there's a really big in-group out-group in japan yes. like if you're not born and raised in japan then you're an outsider yeah um, very even, even if you have hair even if you have a japanese heritage and you move back to japan it's still a, a big thing there so, so i yes. guess the lesson to take away from this is we're doing better than you would think <laughs> <laughs> i guess maybe no. are we relatively speaking relatively to japan so by the mid-1990s uh, the unemployment rate in Japan is reaching all-time highs, uh, and there are nearly 800,000 foreign or gaijin workers in Japan at the time. So in Japan, we have this issue of an aging population uh, with really strict kind of uh, immigration laws and rules that are shaping the narratives that they're, they're telling us. And over here, we've got the, you know, we're kind of got a booming economy by the mid-90s and late 90s, uh, and, but we're bored. But there's still two different conflicts going on there because if you're out of work, if you're laid off, if you're unemployed, 
you you question who you are and what you're about and and what's life got to offer you and if you're bored you do the same thing so it's two different sides of the spectrum with the same question in mind and i think that's what's leading kind of this there is this existential element to pokemon it's very on the nose we get like 40 minutes of voiceover dialogue asking why am i here but uh I, I spot fucking bullseye Mewtwo, buddy. <laughs> 40, 40, 40 minutes in a 70-minute film. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we've talked often about bad voiceover narration, and oh, this film is ripe with it. Oh, uh, oh. yeah. So similarly, uh, with Frankenstein, we have you know a, a society and a culture at the Industrial Revolution who is also questioning what's next and where do we go from here. And I think Pokemon is picking up on some of those same themes and ideas and in many ways, it echoes, you know, the work of Mary Shelley is not going to be talked about in the same way, hopefully. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> Dear God. never let them compare Mary hopefully. Shelley to Pokemon. We, we, we may be starting something <laughs> right I, I now. Think, yeah, I'm I, starting a Pokerution. That's a what I'm doing. Oh, my God. I mean, if, if Dustin can watch Transformers in a film studies course at the Ph.D. level. Fast Five. Fast Five. Not, Still, trans- not, transform- <laughs> not Transformers. <laughs> not, not Transformers. Um, but at the end of the, both of these stories, our monsters, Mewtwo and the Frankenstein monster, both come to this point of realization. You know, the monster has found that the thing he's been chasing, this revenge he's been seeking, has kind of completed as, as Victor Frankenstein dies. And so in, in the end of the story, he kind of goes off, and there's this ambiguous ending. He probably may go to kill himself. In the original ending, it's a little more ambiguous that he just kind of drifts off into the night. And similarly with Mewtwo here, we have this idea of a, a creature who has hit this wall of what he understands in the world, that this human would sacrifice himself for the Pokemon and his all-too-weird relationship with Pikachu. Uh, <laughs> but it both end similarly as they also, you know, Mewtwo also goes off to do whatever it is he does i guess he plans to strike back back again uh, and do something there but uh <laughs> that's that's what i've got for you dustin just i think there are a lot of correlations there uh with some of these societal questions uh both in america and japan which is very interesting because this is a uh, you know movie that was made in japan but we americanized it but we still have a lot of the same kind of issues and ideas uh that we're grappling with at the time yeah i think that's excellent arthur the way you sort of uh, uh put the uh, context of frankenstein and the context of pokemon uh together i think that's uh, very very well done and we appreciate it very very much yeah yeah give some yeah, claps g- g- clap that's yeah watch. give the man some love moving on down the table to america's bad boy mr dalton stewart what analysis oh. bring you sir okay well here's it, it is cute um, Don't deny the cuteness, Dalton. No, let's you in the let's eyes. no, let's. I can't look at the cuteness in the eyes because let's talk about the inherent immorality of Pokemon. Yes, let's. Because what? because at best at best it's dog fighting. Correct. At worst it's Mandingo fighting. <laughs> you watched the same movie I watched. Don't don't do that. Okay, here's the thing that I. The problem is the mythology makes no sense. Because you've been watching this TV show, Dom. Caleb, give me a damn minute, buddy. (laughs) Here's the thing that I don't understand, and I've been trying to ask the internet for answers, and I have come up with nothing. So as far as I can tell, there are no other animals in the Pokemon world. It's just Pokemans. Um, So so all you have, all you've got, there's no no regular mice. You've just got Lightning Rat, uh, Psychic (laughs) Kitty, Big Psychic Kitty, Kitty Cat from Brooklyn, um, a Water Gun Turtle, 
Um, <laughs> and then you, you've got you've got the, you've got the garlic dinosaur, <laughs> who, who grows up to be the dinosaur with the tree on his back. Th- that's all they have. They don't. There's there's no other animals. Which I'm like, okay, my, my brain my brain can process that, right? Okay, we just we have these cute these cute monsters instead of regular animals. Fine, cool. Except some of them are sentient. And I don't mean like they feel pain. I mean they literally have hopes and dreams and desires and feelings and opinions about shit. My cat doesn't have an opinion about cloning. It doesn't. It doesn't. The big psychic kitty cat has a real strong opinion about cloning. He's not for it unless it's for him, and then he's into it. The problem with this, the problem with Pokemon's messy mythology is that it makes everything that follows a moral clusterfuck, for lack of a better way to put it. Because they're fighting each other. At one point, Ash is like, I won't give up. Well, yeah, you're not having to do anything. You got the big dragon doing it for you, punk. (laughs) <laughs> you didn't do anything, shithead. Ash Ketchum, more like Michael Vickham, am I right? <laughs> and and again, this all and I get it. It's 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 cute. Uh, don't get me wrong. Lightning Rat is precious. To to be sure, I think it's as cute as a button. Except when he forced the guy with the hat that says he loves this little lightning rat makes it fight for him. I don't understand the morality of this universe at all. Because. The cat from Brooklyn speaks English fluently. He speaks. So does Pikachu have that advanced of a like higher brain function and just chooses not to speak human talk? Somebody said yes. I'm gonna take your word for it. So then it is Mandingo fighting. Well, don't they are making they are making living beings <laughs> with thoughts and opinions who could probably do math. They're making them fight each other, and they're just Mewtwo is Malcolm X, man. Why is everybody not on Mewtwo's side? And then he teaches them all a lesson about what everyone realizes. We should Pokemon shouldn't fight like this. Now they don't say Pokemon shouldn't fight, by the way. They shouldn't. They say Pokemon shouldn't fight like this. I don't understand the distinction. They sh- probably just shouldn't be fighting at all because they have their own opinions about things, and you're making them kick each other's asses. Uh, can I just point out that it's okay when the Pokemon, when, when Pikachu zaps the hell out of the rest of the team at the uh, beginning of the movie, uh, the, 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 uh, the other trainer. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But when they're just actually fist fighting, exactly. it's dirty. Oh, when they're slapping the crap out of each other, that's wrong. But when he's literally throwing lightning at people, it's fine. Not a big deal. And, and again, I get it. It's, it's just a children's thing. But what this speaks to is, is a larger issue with with mythologies. When your mythology is messy, you end up saying things on accident. Obviously, I do not think the people that created Pokemon were thinking about this, because if they were thinking about it like I am, they wouldn't have made the fucking thing. <laughs> but that's, uh, and that's the issue. When you have a mythology that's messy, you, and we talk about this on the show all the time, when your narrative is jumbled, when it's confused, not confusing, confused, when you don't know what you're saying, you say bad things on accident. And I think that's a real problem with this entire franchise. And it just it's always bothered me. Uh, yes, I am 25 years old, so I, I was the, the ripe age for the Pokemon cards. I saw this movie in theaters. I, I, I'm aware of it. Like, I yes, it's part of my growing up. I have no attachment to it anymore because it doesn't make any sense to me, and I find it kind of morally confusing. I don't get it. I don't understand it, and I never will. And if anybody can justify these sentient beings being forced to fight each other to me, you're wrong. Your opinion is wrong. I'm sorry. Here's the weird thing, though. 
everyone learns their lesson. We got sidetracked for a second. Everyone learns their lesson at the end of this. At the very least, Pokemon shouldn't be expected to fight in a certain manner. Everyone learns a lesson. Everyone's happier for it. And then what happens? Mewtwo gives everyone a roofie. He just gives them a forget-me-now and sends them on their way, and they've learned nothing. <laughs> they've learned nothing about themselves. And I don't understand, like, he was like, oh, wow, I really learned an important lesson today. I guess everyone is the same, no matter how they're born. That's a good lesson, Mewtwo. I bet that's a lesson everybody would like to know. And sends them off into the world, and then they go back to fighting their Pokemons against each other. So next time you open up that Pokemon Go app, think about it. <laughs> well, well, Dalton, you, you clearly didn't watch Mewtwo Returns, the sequel to this movie. I did not. Uh, of course not. Where they, no. they, they follow through ideologically. You literally, you literally could not pay me to. Well, don't you like how they went with uh, Strikes Back and then Returns for the, the second one? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yuck. Well, thank you very much for that reading, uh, Mr. Dalton Stewart. I believe uh, always muddling the morality is a good thing to be done, and I appreciate it very much. Miss Alexander Bohannon, let's hear your analysis. Woohoo, yeah, cool. Um... So I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, – Dalton did a really great job getting you fired of, of up. getting angry. <laughs> getting angry. It's awesome. It's, exp it's appreciated because when's the last time anyone got angry about a Pokemon movie besides really, really, really butthurt nerds on the Internet? <laughs> uh, never. <laughs> so, um, no, I really appreciate it. And I'm kind of going to build off of what he's talking Ooh. about and kind of go into somewhere else because basically – um, you're, you're totally right. The mythology is confused. Uh, we don't have these nuances about dogfighting. Cloning is okay sometimes when it is advantageous. And I was, so I was going to talk about the ethics of the, the universe and what Mewtwo actually represents in this film. So um, if any of you have played the games, and I, forgive me, I've been played since, uh, since Yellow, so I never really got into the games, but I did play the tabletop game. Whoa! Yeah. There's a Pokemon tabletop game? Yes. I'm not ashamed. Merchandising. It's it's fun. Um, anyway, but the thing is, is like things I never really got into in the literal games, and they don't really touch on, at least in this film, is the fact that eugenics really becomes a thing. Well, that's the thing that has bothered. Uh, do they breed? Do they just show up out of nowhere? Oh, they definitely breed. That's actually. Oh, that's, that's, that's actually do they? That's, that, <laughs> is, that is so starting Hot with the second generation. Hot, skinny, on Lord action. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I mean. Oh, yeah, starting for the second generation, that's the silver and gold. Uh, breeding is a key part of the gameplay. Right. Okay. Yeah, and so, and then you can g maximize certain attributes through uh, fixing and manipulating who you breed with what and, and all these things. And those are mechanics that I never got into um, in playing those games. But the thing that is really interesting what Mewtwo does, again, going back to the confused mythology, is Mewtwo acts as humanity's mirror, um, and we ourselves, humans, are looking back in the mirror and we realize we don't like what we see. Because what Mewtwo is saying, he's showing us, he's taking everything that humans are doing in the Pokemon universe to its logical conclusion. The logical conclusion of, of doing this kind of manipulating and fixing and eugenics is that we're going to start cloning people, or people, entities, human, uh, Pokemon. We're going to start cloning Pokemon, and then we can then make them brainless, mindless slaves, like we are currently treating our Pokemon. The logical conclusion of, oh, well, we're going to make them, they're going to fight each other 
forever is yes they are going to fight each other and it's going to have n- absolutely no purpose because fighting in the U- Pokemon universe only brings the human trainer glory and power and the Pokemon themselves I imagine they would prefer not to get shot with lightning. Yeah, the Pokemon themselves have to be taken to health centers to be healed and everything, but the the human trainers themselves do not suffer any ills because of their Pokemon's bat- Pokemon battling. And so the thing that distresses Ash and and Misty and Brock and everyone is the fact they're looking in this dark mirror and they don't like what they see. They don't like what they see and and what they're seeing they s- they understand that it's wrong. And then Mewtwo realizes that they can't handle this truth and oh wipes their memory. Oh man, yeah, now you're bringing it. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing that could really logically make sense. I mean I'm thinking of how the world might explain this. In reality, they don't want Ash and Misty and Brock to remember this so that they can keep making the Pokemon television show and then they can't feel guilty about making their Pokemon fight. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, this is straight up Plato's allegory of the cave shit. Exactly. Right? You get out of the cave, you realize your life is a lie, but if you go back, people are going to kill you. They yeah. are going to straight up murder you when you tell them the reality is a lie. Yeah. And that's, yeah, right on, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So, thank you. Um, in conclusion, I, I just wanted to mention that Mewtwo and Mew, they, they just act as really fascinating extensions of humanity. And um, I don't know, just take a, take a quick mental break before you launch into your next gym battle. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you very much, Ms. Alexander Bahedin. Um, as you can all see, yes, give her a hand. We're here to steal oh, all your oh joy, is what we're here to do with regard to all things Pokemon. But we have the apologist next, uh, Mr. Caleb Masters. Uh, say your <laughs> words, sir. Thy series, Masters. The apologist, the, the apologist yes. Um, well, I just want to say, I think uh, both Dalton and Alex touched on a really valuable point, which is uh, uh, and something I think I, I am rather optimistic about, is that we realize in 20 year, almost 20 years later, um, that there are a lot of things that we look back on in the 90s even when we say, oh, we've moved on because we realize those things were not good. And um, pitting animals to fight against each other is not good under any circumstances. Uh, so I like that at least we're having this conversation at this table 20 years later and that we've uh, made it thus far. Except for that part in Lord of the Rings with Big Elephant. That's still pretty dope. Okay, the Big <laughs> Elephant. <laughs> pretty cool. and the I'm, ju- right I'm just saying it's pretty, it's pretty fucking cool. That's... <laughs> Well, I, something I want to talk about, uh, I think it's going to be, now it's going to talk, we're gonna, I'm going to touch on Pokemon, but what I'm interested in talking about is the phenomenon of Pokemon and uh, also how it kind of plays into this marathon to some degree. Uh, so for those of you who are in the audience who might not know, um, we are doing this marathon as the second anime because of one, Keithan. Keith, that one. Keithan. Right uh, there. Could you Look make, at him. Could you make a loud noise, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one. That one. Uh, there, <laughs> Keithan is. Uh, he is one of our patrons. Uh, we can look up. Uh, looks up at Patreon. Give him class for being a patron yeah. Yeah, and him, being so vibe. nice he to us. He is so nice and lovely, uh, and and lots of fun. And, and I, I always love uh, hanging out with Keithan at these events and the Sad Boy shows. And um, but anyway, Keithan, uh, where he sponsors at Patreon.com slash g uh, forward slash gtm. You uh, shameless whore. Yeah, um, you gotta do it. He w- he. Uh, back when we offered marathons as a Patreon reward, he picked a reward, and we did. He picked anime number two. We don't do them anymore we for a reason. Well, <laughs> yeah, because I, I got forced to watch two solid months of anime, <laughs> well, which is two more months of anime than I ever would have watched. <laughs> it's true. Um, but, but but I think there is something really interesting going on with the phenomenon of Pokemon, and Pokemon, the first movie, is really, really key to cementing this process. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a couple questions for our audience out here. Ooh. Um, so 
Uh, do we have anyone in the audience at all uh, that was around during the Beatles, uh, r- uh, the, what was it, the UK invasion? The, br- the British, British invasion. invasion. Yeah. There's a couple. N- oh, make make noises, couple. please. Please. Yeah. All right. All right. We, we have a couple. Okay. So we've got a couple people in the audience who was here. Do you, do you know, it, that was a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. Changed rock and roll forever, right? Uh, now, how about this? Next question. Maybe we'll have some other ones. Does anyone remember science fiction before Star Wars? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But that was before we had toys and, you know, toys and T-shirts and all sorts of... Planned yes. Outer space. 100%. There we go. I get exactly where you're going, though, Caleb. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's before the the real commodification of art is yes. starting to happen. Huge commodification Absolutely. of uh, cinema, especially. In yeah. Particular. Um, so one thing I want to talk a little bit about... Uh, is that uh, Pokemon represents this huge cultural phenomenon that changed the, the uh, definitely the anime landscape, and I would argue pop culture uh, ever since, at least Western pop culture. Um, so there wasn't, no, don't get me wrong, we, we, and we've talked a lot about, about a lot of anime that came before Pokemon on the Good Trash Genre cast. We talked about Ghost in a Shell. Uh, we talked about uh, some of the Ghibli stuff. Um, you know, uh, there, and actually, even uh, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z were already in syndication in the U.S. before Pokemon came out in '95 and '96, respectively. Um, so, anime was definitely around, um, but uh, you know, I don't think it had quite hit like mainstream, you know, uh, craziness where everyone was trying to buy all the things, do all the stuff. Um, so, you know, I think uh, Pokemon it arrived. The show came to the West first. September 8th of 1998, and then uh, as a as a launch pad for the video games that would come out at the end of that month, that would be Pokemon Red and Blue. So already you've got dual medias right there. But this is where N- Nintendo is a corporation. As much as I love Nintendo, they love to make money. Uh, so they said, that's not enough. We think we can launch a card game, too. And guess what? Boy, howdy did they. They Man. launched a card game, and they made truckloads of money, lots and lots of money. And uh, that had a lot of other studios and television networks turning their heads, saying, "Hey, these guys—they don't just make a—they don't just, you know, import cheap cartoons we can put on our network. They're actually making tons of money off this whole like this whole brand. So what if we did the same thing? And then after that, uh, that that's when you start to see things like." Digimon. Uh, oh no no oh don't l- l- no Digimon. We're gonna I'm gonna mention that, but hold I on. I there know you have a special love well, for Digimon. Well, sh- I'm just gonna lay this out there, guys. <laughs> they both share the Mon thing, so Digimon <laughs> was definitely trying to rip the brand. One of those is is significantly, infinitely better than the others. Oh um, my God. Caleb right Masters recently saw a, a Fathom event of of Digimon in theaters last like night. last last, last night. night, literally uh, uh, last and night. And it reminded me of how. And I just watched. This is the second time I've watched this in two days. And I'll tell you, one of these is telling a competent story about characters who are growing and doing interesting things with their lives. And one of them is is confused. Okay. I'm skeptical. <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. What, Fine. What, Be skeptical. What, what, do the research. What he said. Okay. Well, what I want to point out, though, it wasn't just uh, Digimon, though. I want to name a few off. We've got Monster Rancher, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Cowboy Bebop, Bleach, One Piece, uh, Digimon, of course, being a favorite. Uh, you also are looking at, I'd be daft, Arthur, if I didn't man- mention Samurai Pizza Cats. The so. Sounds like my cup of tea. Right there. <laughs> Is that that's a real thing? That's a real I thing. I vaguely that remember in the 90s. this. Those are three things that I like a lot. Samurai. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so knockoff, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, I it assume. actually came out. In, yeah, okay, it would have It came out in '91 in Japan originally, so it would have been a knockoff. I actually have friends who are fans. It's very interesting. But uh, either way, what, what I'm saying is, everyone was launching the anime, and this was a. Uh, th- we were in the heat of what I like to call the American anime invasion. Uh, we were we we were seeing all sorts of uh, Eastern media make its way to the United States at that point in time. 
Um, and uh, one of the things that uh, was great for studios about this is that it was low risk, high reward. Oh, we don't have to actually produce a, car a, a cartoon. We can just import these Japanese yeah. cartoons. And I'm referring to the Japanese cartoons, as, and I'm talking my studio voice there. Um, as in, hey, we can bring these cartoons over, pay some actors on the cheap uh, to, to dub over it, and we'll bring it over, and we'll have a Saturday morning cartoon block to get kids and then sell toys. Um, so for the studio, it was a really big win. Um, but uh, I th so I think the the, the studio interest of uh, Pokemon, the first movie, which came out uh, 1999 in November, um, and the movie uh, was I think it was budgeted around 30 million dollars, ended up making about 130 million, uh, which in 99 was wow. quite a bit more than it is right now. Yeah. Um, and especially for something that cheap, it was a huge, huge success. So I, I believe that Pokemon, the first movie, cemented this whole everyone's on the wagon. We've got to produce mov theatrical movies. We've got to have card games. We've got to have TV shows. We've got to have fucking toilet paper for Digimon, <laughs> you know? Uh, well, you know, again, merchandi merchandising, you know? Well, I, I think you make a really good point, Caleb, because uh, as far as your, your uh, Japanimation uh, invasion versus British invasion analogy, because you've got both things. You've got, you know... Without the Beatles, there is no punk rock, but there's also no The Monkees. Without this anime invasion, there's no The Matrix. It just yeah. doesn't happen. Exactly. But you also, we would have been spared a lot of other terrible shit. So <laughs> it's, it is this... You love Cowboy Bebop, don't you, Dalton? Don't you? You, do do, you, huh? like a, you like an anime, right? Called Cowboy Bebop? You like it? Um, if you mean I like blues and jazz music and space cowboys, then yeah, I do <laughs> like all of those things. Uh, I won't talk about other things, Caleb. Um, Grandpa... My love, we come to you. Uh, I can't wait because hey, I feel yes, yes I wasn't done. Oh, yeah, he was taking a, a little breather. Oh, oh. trying to toss, oh. toss you, you that ball uh, that way. You had, you'd reached such a good ending point. I was like, okay, it was a great ending was point. Segue. And, and you, you did still point, but there was one other thing I really, really, really want to highlight. Uno mas. It is uh, very important to the uh, anime invasion of America. Okay, and that is that this phenomenon all happened, 1999. Guess what was booming in 1999? What? The internet. Um, the internet, before we were at the mercy of the studios to have, our, have everything that studios or creatives liked from Japan to be brought over to the United States. Um, and we're, if you're going to look at 1995, there were, in 1995, there were 44 million internet connections around the world. By 2000, so that'd be one year after this was finished, we had 414 million. Whoa! And then by 2005, we had more than a billion connections worldwide. And 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 it was a perfect storm for anime to build and construct its own subculture here in the United States. Because you have a lot of people who that is their primary media. This is what they prefer. They really are into the Eastern uh, philosophies. And you mentioned a lot of theatrical films. We talked about Speed Racer earlier this month, The Matrix, which we've done the Good Trash Genre cast as well. Um, you have a lot of really uh, a, an entire generation of, of uh, creatives and filmmakers now who have been uh, influenced and inspired. Um, Inception was another one we talked about on our Paprika episode uh, that whether or not you like anime, because of what happened with Pokemon, the first movie, we in America have been influenced by the better parts of Eastern philosophy. I will agree with you, <laughs> as much as it pains me. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give Caleb Masters a hand, please. Master Caleb! As per usual, I jumped the gun. Um, yeah. You can jump it normal now. <laughs> 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 so now that Caleb is finished, Dustin, I would like you to finish. Um, I, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I can't stop myself sometimes. Dustin, um, 
if anybody hated this movie more than I did, it was Dustin. Yes. <laughs> Correct. So I'm really curious. And you actively said when we were getting ready for this show, we were we were trying to figure out how we were going to watch this movie's hard to find, believe it or not. Um, it's true. <laughs> and we were debating like how we we're going to watch it so we could kind of think about what we were going to talk about before the show. Dustin was like, I don't. It's fine. I got it. I already know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> don't need to see the movie. So what are you talking about, man? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the phenomenon also. I'm going to do some real world stuff uh, with uh, the film itself and also just the whole Pokemon thing as it works out. Uh now, I have children. Does anyone else uh, encounter children on a regular basis that play the Pokemon Go? Are, are, are they obnoxious? Yes? Uh, that, mine are gone. <laughs> you, you can, can go ahead and say it, so. It's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> Dustin, we are at a Pokemon Go hangout event. So I think it no, no, no. I, I'm talking about children. I'm talking about children with it because every question – do you have a star me? Do you want a star you? Do, uh, do, 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 you, know what, do you know what this evolves into? Do you know, do you know that uh, – you know, um, Lightning Rat will become this and whatever and whatnot. Uh, yeah, Lightning Rat will become uh, a, a bigger electric, lightning electric rat. vole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> slightly larger Lightning Rat. Uh, but th- there's this there's this sort of obsession and this uh, uh, accumulation of knowledge is like one of the major values. Again, think about this as uh, if you were younger when these first came out with the DS games or the Game Boy games and uh, the uh, the cards. You, you're memorizing the names of these characters and their powers, their sort of abilities, and it, you're learning these sort of things. And you're playing these games, and you would go and you'd fight your Pokemon against each other. You just use the cards, right? But you're still doing this thing where you're fighting your Pokemon against one another. Uh, now we got this film here, and I'll, I'll just bracket it for just a second. Pokemon Go as a game now, we have this real-world sort of interface, right, where when we're walking about in the real world, we encounter Pokemon, and we can encounter other people. We can fight our Pokemon and learn more and more things about it. Now, there's this crazy religious aspect that's going on in all of this, and this Ooh. is what this is how the film even opens. What is my purpose? Why do I exist? It, 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 it's tapping into some of those big, deep, fundamental religious sorts of questions. Sounds and like Mewtwo's tripping that light. Fantastic. Baby. Well, what I want to suggest is um, is that there is a, a yet another church that exists in the world. It is the Church of Pokemon. The Pokemon functions in the same way as religion does today, is, is what I want to say. It's got its own mythology, which is at times quite messy. It's got its own insider language. And so you say Charizard, Bulbasaur, in the same way somebody might say expiation or transubstantiation. <laughs> And well, whoa! I, I mean, naturally, if there is a if there is a church of the NFL, which is actually a thing, there yes. must be a church of the Pokemon. And, and I mean, there there is a genuine way in which this entire phenomenon fun- functions in a religious way, and that uh, that the way it does so, I'm, I'm following a little bit of the philosopher called Gilles Deleuze, uh, r- r- died in ninety seven, ninety five, something like that, a French philosopher, and he talked about uh, this idea of the virtual. Um, that 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 Pokemon don't exist, right? They don't, but they insist on our actual reality that we experience right now. So you've got this thing in your pocket, and it buzzes off. There, there's not a Pokemon here, but there is in some way, and it's, and it's insistent upon you. He talks about how, uh, the, I guess the best illustration about the virtual and how it insists rather than exists would be uh, memory and history. We all have events that have occurred in our lives. They no longer exi- exist. Those events are, are, are completely non-existent, but they continue to insist on our present. Does that make sense? Yes. And, and so we, we keep on encountering them in our real life and the moment in which we exist, which is the only moment that does exist, is this moment right here and right now. And those things keep insisting upon us. And so here we have the Pokemons, right, insisting on the present that we're experiencing. We, we're just watching a film where it's like, 
what, what, what the, the problem you two has is he doesn't have a past to insist upon him. He has nowhere to go. He has no understanding of who he is or what he's about. What human beings need fundamentally are sets of stories, and they could be religious, secular, or otherwise, that, 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 again, they insist upon us, that give us ethical structure, that give us a way in which we interact with the world. And the Pokemon itself, again, it, foca- it functions itself as a form of the virtual, that the presence of God for Christians is not something that necessarily exists, but it is a thing that insists. Are you picking up on laying down? Yes. That the, that the presence of all that sort of stuff continues to work upon us. And it is very real, but it's not real in the sense that we're talking about reality. And that's a way that we can sort of begin to, um, I guess, leverage across some of these secular conversations about materialism and idealism and say there's something or somehow a place in the middle where this all works out. And weirdly enough, Pokemon Go is where that conversation between atheists and Christians might actually begin. That's what I have to say. Uh, oh, that was some good shit. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey, can I get an amen? <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh, that was. Reverend uh, Sells taking that seminary degree. That was that degree. good stuff, buddy. Taking us uh, to church. Oh, oh, gosh. Nothing is real. <laughs> correct. That's correct, <laughs> actually. That's a whole other conversation. Guys. Nothing is real. Man, uh, I think this is great. This is fun. I can't you guys have fun? We talked about this. This is awesome. Well, hey, we got to move on to a point in our show now. We can, we must render a verdict. We must drop the gavel. We must say shelf or trash, and then recommend our else's or insteads. And I am excited to hear that. We'll begin with the apologist, Mr. Caleb Masters. Shelf or trash, else or instead. If I am the apologist at the table. We have a problem, Houston, um, because this movie is freaking terrible. It's so I, bad. Okay, it's funny because the whole week Dalton was dreading it, and I actually gave it a lower letterbox review than anyone else I think who reviewed it on the Good Trash Media team. Uh, That's true. I think, yeah, I think I gave it like two stars. I did too. As well. Here's the deal. That lightning rat is so cute. Oh, dude, I got over... You know, that's fine. I, I played Pokemon Yellow. That was the first one I played. I got over Pikachu real fast because she couldn't fucking be- beat Brock in that first gym. Oh, my God. That first gym is the worst. It's seriously. Sorry. There, 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 we have some listeners in the audience that are it have very strong opinions about this. Yeah. Hey, hey, listen, I, I listen. would just like to point out in this religious aspect, there are some who are more serious practitioners than others. Uh, uh, this. I'm, I'm some are culturally Pokemon. So I, I would say culturally <laughs> Pokemon. I'm what you might call Dustin. You a know, I'm not, I'm not really like a practicing Pokemon trainer, but I grew up around it. So, yeah, like, so I, I get what it's about. Know, but I don't really go to these hangouts. I like, I like think of myself as like a lapsed trainer. On, a, on a Christmas <laughs> and Easter, I go do the Pokemon battles. <laughs> You could go. Just I, I get resubmerged in the you know waters of Gyarados. Yeah, I just think it's then. I think it's really important to like have a system that you come to and and yeah, Mewtwo's birthday is just like a really good excuse to get together. <laughs> you just raise kids in the, in the faith. <laughs> um, every once in a while, I like to to teach my my son about Pikachu because I think it's got good morals to it. You know? <laughs> uh, no, I, moving I would, on. But actually, I would say I'm more. If you if you're gonna use that analogy, Dustin, I'm more what you might call a lukewarm Pokemon. Christian or whatever you want to say, um, because I I I I casually play. I still casually play like the 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 game, like the main series developed by Poke. Uh, main I can't remember the developer's name. Game Freak. Thank you. Um, like the, the main series games, um, I really enjoy them. Yes, they're problematic, but they're really damn good RPGs. What can I say? Um, that said, that doesn't excuse this movie. That doesn't excuse the fact that we almost have a thousand episodes of Pokemon. And guys, guys, Ash Ketchum still hasn't beaten the Elite Four. This is a problem. <laughs> the lack of character development is a problem. This is why Digimon is infinitely better because your characters have full fleshed out <laughs> arcs. And uh, yeah, it's great. 
So because it's a it's a Digimon Digital Monsters Digimon are the champions. I remember this because it's catchy as fuck. That's why you're like, dude. I didn't even know I knew that. See, that goes back into the. It's this back in the Matrix thing. I just woke up in the chair and you're like, "How you feeling?" I'm like, "I know Kung Fu. I didn't know." Well, it's funny you mention that, Dalton, because I'm actually going to – one of my else's is going to be Digimon Season 3. That's a lesser-known one called Digimon Tamers because it is like The Matrix. It's a lot like The Matrix, actually. I'm so and you should check it out right because uh, if you're going to – if if only if you feel compelled to revisit your nostalgia of the Mons, Digimon is the superior one. And, and the best one is Season 3. It's probably the most dark – it's the darkest, most adult tale. Now, if we're going to get back into real adult territory, though, uh, I'm also going to l- recommend a movie, a little movie called Splice, uh, because that, that – it, 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 Mewtwo even looks like Splice. Come yeah, on. it does. Uh, it, actually, I would say that the, the Splice creators might have had a well, little we, inspiration. We, yeah, again, we're, we're time-traveling through the magic of the Internet right now. We've already discussed Akira, and we talk about Splice a little bit on that show. That's a good movie, and if you don't think so, you need to watch it again because it's weird in the best kind of way. Uh, no, 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 definitely. But I think if you're really into Alex's reading, talking about the ethics of cloning and eth- eth- ethics of that world, that is definitely a movie you want to check out. I'd also throw in again on the ethics of cloning. You're going to look at The Prestige, which is another Christopher Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Nolan, little uh, watch his films closely. He has been influenced by anime in one way or another, and it's really interesting. And until we started part one of our two-part marathon this year of anime, I didn't realize how much she had borrowed from anime films. And lastly, I'm just going to say, guys, again, if you're going to watch one Digimon, if you're going to go back to the 90s, watch Digimon. But if you really feel compelled, just go find a Game Boy or an SP, or maybe you've got a friend who's got a 3DS, and play the games. Yes, they're still problematic, but at least they're really well-made games. But totally trash this thing. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Caleb Masters. The passion was definitely present. Uh, Miss Alexander Bohannon, what do you say? Show for trash? And then what is your else or instead? So I was the person to purchase the DVD for this movie um, off of Amazon.com for the podcast. So it's the podcast movie, but I'm probably going to be the one that has it at the house. I mean, (laughs) I, I, I don't know. They're so cute. It's problematic, I know, but look at Evie. So cute. Dugong. Dugong, come on. Dugong makes weird noises. (laughs) I don't (laughs) like it. No, I I mean... Do I plan on watching this again? No. Do you need to watch it? No. It's it's definitely a trash, but, I mean, if I'm ever going to vacuum the house and need something to watch, I'm, I'll pop in the Pokemon movie. It seems it's just harmlessly fun and, and adorable. Look at Mew. Mew is so <laughs> cute. Oh, Psychic Kitty Cat's adorable. I know. They're all so cute. So, uh, yeah, so instead, I s- I'm going to still say instead because I think you would, should rather watch things not this movie. Um <laughs> Um, I think you should watch, uh, what is that anime called? Oh, I think it's called Panda Bear Cafe. Uh, <laughs> if anyone has read, watched, uh, read that, it's just about. Do they eat? Polar Bear Cafe. Thank you. Thank they you, eat Amanda. polar bears or no, panda no, no, bears in this no, cafe? No, it's just, they're, they're, anthropomor- <laughs> they're anthropomorphic animals. They, they just live in society amongst humans. There's no fighting, no battles, and all the animals are really cute. And it's Japanese. And, and there's a cafe. Are it's so good. It is so good. Are they more adorable than samurai pizza cats, though? I don't know if I've ever seen a picture of a samurai pizza cat at all. Anyway, um, and I guess, I mean, if you're really itching, really itching to watch, like, a really bad, life soul-sucking anime, watch Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm sorry. That's, that's the one that I watch that, like, I mean, at least the monsters are just, like, cards. They're not, like, actual 
sad like little animals well, fighting actually, each other. They're actually trapped souls, which is even darker. Wait, they're trapped yeah, souls. Yeah, they're trapped souls inside the card. Oh, what is wrong with Japan? <laughs> I'm with Dalton. I'm Team Never Dalton mind. now. Thank I you. I've been saying this for a whole month now. Only watch Polar Bear Racism. Cafe. Uh, out. Only Polar Bear Cafe. That's my only recommendation. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Miss Alexander Bohan, and we Yay. appreciate those uh, very, very much. Mr. Dalton Stewart, what do you got to say? Shove or trash? Uh, Elsa trash this shit. <laughs> uh, no, this is a legitimately unwatchable movie. It is so bad. And we've I've watched some l- terrible... Th- I just watched Transformers for you guys, like, not that long ago. This movie is worse than Transformers. Correct. It's yeah, but it's a, shorter. It is shorter, and that's that is... That's nice. literally half the runtime. And honestly... Uh, that's why I didn't like really go to task on it when I was rating it on Letterboxd, which is a great website that if you're not using and you watch a lot of movies, you should be using. But they don't give us money. I just like them a lot. <laughs> um, it's it's short, as Alex said. It is, again, it, the mythology makes it morally problematic, but overall it's completely inoffensive and adorable, and it's short. It's fine. It's whatever. You do not need to watch this movie. I cannot stress to you how unessential this is. In your film life, you don't need it. I uh, am also going to recommend another Christopher Nolan movie, weirdly enough, Caleb, and that's uh, uh, his big breakout uh, sensation, Memento, uh, because it does deal a lot with with the the fuzziness of memory and and how it can completely change a human being, how all we have is our memories. That is what defines you. If you wake up tomorrow and you don't remember anything about your life, congratulations, you're a new person. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, your personality is not that locked in, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I think Memento does a really good job of tackling those same things. Something I, I found myself thinking about a lot watching this movie, uh, this movie talks a lot about cloning, and, and the ethics of cloning is, is like this great thing that everybody loves to talk about, right? Like it's this big hot button, oh, is cloning wrong or not? To me, I don't understand it, because cloning seems no more immoral than having a child. Uh, because you're bringing something, and again, having children is great. I wouldn't exist if people didn't have children. Also immoral. That's <laughs> accurate. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, you, you, the clone had as much say in his existence as your children had, as you as a human being had as a say in your existence. I don't find cloning to be that unethical. It's just making a baby. That's all it is. Right. I think it and gets into the ethically gray territory. Um, I remember there was this book I read when I was a kid mm-hmm. called House of the Scorpion. It's okay. whenever you make... Cl- okay, yeah. So you remember. <laughs> it's like whenever you make clones in order the ho- to harvest their organs when they're Yeah, well, no, enough. that's bad. That's, yes. Okay, that's, that's where we okay. get into the ethically nebulous yeah, no. things. I, I, guess, I guess I just mean totally on the surface, it is what it is. So I was thinking ab- about films that kind of broach that subject about how hard it is just to exist... Uh, so I'm actually going to recommend Richard Linklater's Boyhood uh, yeah. because it is a film that kind of touches on the fact that just being a person is kind of a son of a bitch sometimes. Like, it's not great. Being a kid is not fun. It's hard. You don't understand what's going on around you. And, you're yeah, you're going to have fun. But as an experience on a whole, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Uh, and finally, uh, again, we're going to be talking about this on the podcast next week. I'm going to recommend the 1988 film Akira. Uh, because it touches on the same psychic stuff. It touches on a lot of these issues about how hard it is just to be alive and how to reckon your own morality and your own personhood with the personhood of everyone and everything around you and how muddy that can be. 
um, and it does a hell of a lot better job than Pokemon does uh, of tackling those same issues. So get get rid of this movie. Watch those movies instead. Yes. Seriously, mm-hmm. watch. Please, if you're going to watch one, watch Akira instead. It's dope, man. It's good. Yeah. Uh, and again, this is the guy that can't stand anime. I, like Aesthetically, it displeases me. But Akira's hella good. Um, so that's, that's what I have to say, Dustin. All right, well, thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart. We appreciate you. All righty, Mr. Arthur Gordon, what do you got to say? Shove or trash, else or instead? I won't deviate, it's trash. Um, uh, I, for all, I mean, they've all said all the reasons, so I don't really need to reiterate that. Uh, but it is harmless, I think, so, you know, if it happened to be on, uh, you know, no whoop. But uh, don't go out of your way to see it. Uh, if you want to watch movies about cloning, obviously, I think you have to watch Jurassic Park. Um, and then, you know, I, I thought you were going towards, uh, you, you went boyhood. I thought you were going to talk about multiplicity. <laughs> with uh, Michael, yeah. the king, Michael Keaton, <laughs> the man, the man among men, Michael Keaton. He's so good. He is good. Um, if so, those are movies. You want to talk about cloning and looking at that thing, the ethics there. I think those are good uh, recommendations. I'd also say Akira. Uh, it's heavily influences this film. Exactly. Uh, and also, uh, I'd say thank you. In line, I didn't deserve that. Canada. <laughs> oh, Canada. When you indulge them, <laughs> don't. That's a bad time. Um, also, watch uh, Frankenstein. Go watch you know the Boris Karloff Frankenstein. No, okay, I, I was going to ask if you were talking original. Or are we talking Kenneth Branagh's Mary no. Shelley's Frankenstein, which is not. Homie, good. don't play that. No, it's bad. Um, and I think those movies would be good to pair with this. And then I think you watch the better uh, movie of '90s fandom, and that's the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, Still instead of this <laughs> nonsense. Still better than this by a lot. that's what i've got for you dustin all right thank you very much mr arthur gordon okay i i I can't say trash because trash is too good for this movie yes uh this movie is so bad okay there are children's movies out there that don't explain as much as this movie this movie thinks all kids are stupid furthermore the only thing that's enjoyable or pleasurable about watching it because everything's utterly predictable is that it's got the nostalgia factor of like oh there's my favorite pokey monster whatever it happens to be that's not actually being good that's just having good customers and playing in on good commodification and fetishization of those commodities this is capitalism at its worst and this movie needs to die a thousand deaths in a hundred fires <laughs> yes he is yes! it with his yes! socialism <laughs> sorry so um, not let's little. burn this mother down y'all <laughs> who's with me okay nope all right just just feel in the water. Just, you know, if you change your mind, I'll be here. I, I, I guess I just want to say I don't like it very much. Um, it, what? I didn't have a very good time. Uh, I had a great time watching with you all, though. You guys oh, made it a lot you more fun. Yeah. 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 So you were so happy Get, and responsive. Seriously, you guys made, made this, this movie so, so much fun. fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Give yourself a round of applause. You were yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, Caleb, do you know who owns the rights to this movie? Uh, because we just spat in their face. We I just think, showed I it in public. I think it might be uh, it actually be joint between uh, po- it would be the Pokemon Company and Nintendo. Well, they can't fucking stop us from showing it in public because we already did it. Take that, Miyamoto. Oh, wait, I like Miyamoto. Okay. Uh, well, that's that's the better version of trashing it. Yeah. Is we showed it to their good customers. Right. Faux free. Faux well, free. Okay. Oh. Uh, so, therefore, yeah, don't like it at all. Uh, what else did you watch? Anything. Uh, besides <laughs> just anything, I would say, uh, in terms of that sort of weird question of, of dealing with the past and the present, I'm, I mean, weirdly going to recommend a French movie uh, from, the, from the 50s, uh, Last Year in Marion Bad. Uh, 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 right? <laughs> 
because <laughs> hey, thanks, Kenneth, for getting Dustin's reference. Now, if you don't like. <laughs> I do. Yes, I do. Because it's about that, that weird nature in which that if you lose your past, if you lose that memory, how can you interact with the same thing you're talking about with Memento, which well, I thought about recommending but, also. Well, and I, I mean, I literally don't know why I didn't think of it until just now, but a film all five of us love, Mulholland Drive, which oh. touches on a lot of the same. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Touching on a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, which was number next, but thanks. It's the brain trust, man. Appreciate it, man. It's brain you trust. live inside. We live inside of each other's brains. So yeah, yeah, We do. We really do. So th- we recommend better movies. Uh, I guess is what we're trying to say here uh, for you, this. Do you do you feel it when when I go to the bathroom? Whoa! I, just guys. I don't I don't know if he does or not. All right, well that's our show for tonight, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We thank you all for coming and being here and being a part. Caleb, you got something to say? Well, I just want to remind our listeners again. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Now remember, you too can still contribute to those jars. Uh, which we remind everyone that I. I am the only team that matters, Team Instinct. So if you put money in my jar, boy, the more money you put in my jar, the more likely you are to hear me sing the Pokemon theme song. If you want to go with Team Mystic, you go drop it in uh, Team Mystic for Alex with the EV. And EV. And actually, uh, Dalton uh, is, a, is a very uh, a lovable but yet angry individual. Therefore, he must be Team, team Red Bauer. <laughs> so, so they are the most, like, unendingly upset about the inhumanity of the human condition? Uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of like the Gryffindors sure. of Pokemon. Sure. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> I accept this plight. All right, so there you go. And also, I guess there's a whole bunch of money in there. I'll wear a thong and do it. Yeah, so, $500, uh, $500 <laughs> for Dustin in a Pokemon thong. That That is that is a thing that will happen. Pokeballs in uh, places. <laughs> really? Do we have to talk about I'm my so, Pokeballs? I'm so proud I, I of you, I will Alex. make it really? by hand for good, you. Good job, Alex. Are wow. they basic Pokeballs or are they Master Balls? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you so much for being out here with us. We've had a really, really great time. But I tell you Thank what, you. Thank you no matter how bad audience. a movie is, no matter what it is, it's about the conversation that you can have afterward. That's what makes watching the movies worthwhile. That's why we keep doing what we're doing so that we can have these conversations with each other and with you. You keep watching, we'll keep talking, and we'll see you all next time. Next time! Thank you once again to the parish for hosting this event. Thank you, Nick, yes. for running sound. Yes. Arthur feels so much better about not having to do what he normally does. Thank you so much for coming out to the show tonight, guys. I cannot tell you how much we it means. We love you. The Good Trash Genre Cast is produced and edited by Arthur Gordon. Direction by Dustin Sells. Social media by Alexandro Bohannon, Caleb Masters, and Dalton Stewart. Our intro and outro is Night Call by Kavinsky and Lovebox. We are also proud to feature music from Deer Tick this week on the program. For more information on this episode of the Good Trash GenreCast, as well as the rest of the Good Trash Media family, please visit goodtrashmedia.com.